When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. And uh, quite the, uh, I don't know, a lot of people calling this weekend a dud. Uh, I don't see it that way uh, for the Bruins we're talking about. And it was the NHL draft weekend down in Dallas. Uh, The Bruins made six picks. Uh, They didn't have a first-round pick, uh, but they made six picks. We'll get into their picks later. Um, But obviously what has become... The biggest topic at these drafts are the trade rumors and the trades that take place and looking ahead to free agency and who's in on who. And uh, we're going to talk about that. And we're welcoming on now. We're very excited to to his podcast debut here on the CLNS Media Network. And that's our Bruin CLNS intern, Evan Marinowski. Evan, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, Murph. How about you? I'm good, my man. So, uh, is so this excited. your first forte into podcasting, or what? Um, I've had some. I've had some podcasts in the past. Uh, never a Bruins one. Always Red Sox podcasts. Just you know, get invited on that whole sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I, but I've I've done podcasts before. Uh, I love them. I listen to them all the time. Uh, I I actually intern on another radio show, Kirk and Callahan on WEI. So I'll give a little plug there for radio. Um, but no, I love podcasting. Podcasting's the best. Okay, that's great. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, I think, yeah, it's, that's the way everything's going right now. I've got tons of radio experience, but it seems everything's kind of leaning towards the podcast. But we could do a whole podcast on that. Let's talk some hockey. <laughs> that, is, that is a big topic we could talk about. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk some rumors here. And, you know, Evan, you've been, uh, you and I have been alternating every day doing our new uh, column, uh, kind of a trade rumor, free agent rumor update on anything, you know, connected to the Bruins that we hear out there, we see that has been written or said on the, on the radio or on a podcast. And uh, there was a lot buzzing around as we headed into the draft, a lot at the draft and plenty more uh, coming now for the Boston Bruins right now is, you know, I'm told despite the fact that they lost out on getting, uh, you know, as I compared it, it was Don Sweeney was basically the old man in the sea and uh, Noah Hannafin was his Santiago, but uh, you know, he's not going to get that. (laughs) 
He's not uh, Santiago was Don Sweeney, I should say. And no Hannafin was the the Marlin. And I, it doesn't look yeah. like uh, Sweeney is ever going to get that uh, Marlin. Uh, Noah Hannafin got dealt to the Calgary Flames uh, along with Elias Lindholm in a deal that, you know, everybody's looking at and saying, well, the Carolina Hurricanes got Dougie Hamilton. They won the deal. No, no, no. Nobody wants Dougie Hamilton. That, that's what the Carolina no. Hurricanes apparently failed to do some research on. This kid's now been traded twice in three years, and everywhere he goes, it's been – mentioned that he had an attitude problem, that he was an, he was an issue in the dressing room. Uh, there's stories out of Calgary that at the end of this season, he didn't show up for the coaching uh, and GM exit meetings, that you're supposed to go and meet with the players, you go over your season, what you can improve in the offseason, blah, blah, blah. He didn't show up with it, and that was the final straw there. Uh, they were trying to trade him at the deadline, and they finally succeeded at the draft. The Flames send Dougie Hamilton – uh, along with Furlan and Adam Fox, who's a great prospect out of Harvard. But I still think Lindholm and Noah Hannafin going to Calgary. Calgary wins this deal. And I know for a fact that the Bruins, they're going to say now that they weren't really in it. Well, they're full of it. I mean, of course they're going to say that now because they lost out on them. But they were in on them. And they tried hard for the last three years to get Noah Hannafin. So, you know, they then lost out on Ilya Kovalchuk, who signed with the Kings. For three years, $18.75 million. I was told, as were many across the NHL, that the deal breaker was the Kings were willing to go three years and no one else, including the Bruins, would not. The Bruins offered two, but they were not going beyond three years. So I guess just your take, we'll start with the negative and then we'll get into the positive because I've got some breaking news I wrote about on Sunday afternoon. But, Everett, I mean, is it the end of the world that Sweeney didn't get this guy that he's wanted for so long in Hannafin? No, it's not. And it's not the end of the world, basically, because as you've reported, they also have the Clefbaum option open. Um, so they have that. I like Hannafin a lot more than Clefbaum. I think most everyone thinks Hannafin's a lot better than Clefbaum. But, you know, going off of what happened this weekend, look, I would compare this weekend to if you're a guy at a bar and you're all these girls you have your eyes on and they all get taken by other guys. And, you, and that's sort of the story with, with the Bruins had. You know, you had Hannafin, you had Ilya Kovalchuk, and you had a first-round pick. All things – that the Bruins wanted and they were at the bar, they were looking at them. They were kind of eyeing them saying, Ooh, I kind of want that. And then other guys came in and swooped in. And that was, you know, of course the, the flames making the deal with the hurricanes, the Kings getting Kovalchuk and nothing happening with them moving into the first round. So, I mean, I think this weekend was a dud. I, I do. I mean, just from covering it and watching but, the draft, it was tough. I mean, it was a dud in terms of results, right? Correct. In terms of what well, they because they were, away with, right? Like they wanted no. to go down there and come away with a Cobalt Trucker hand if they didn't. But, you know, as I've told you, Evan, I mean, these drafts are basically where trade talks that didn't come to fruition at the deadline are reignited. And then new trade talks are, are sort of laid the foundation for, like the foundation for a new trade conversation between, between Sweeney and whomever. Uh, could be laid down, you know, and then, you know, fall through in the next week or two. And we've got free agency coming up. We've seen big blockbusters right after the draft. You think of P.K. Subban for Shea Weber a couple of years back. Oh, yeah. So I'm with you. I think in terms of what he was targeting, yeah, it was a dud. But at the same time, I don't think it was a, a full-out dud. I like the fact he's just active right now. And that, that's what I like, Evan. That he's, well, he's I like, what a I lot of fucking balls and, you know, a lot of irons in the fire right now. What I loved to see was that Sweeney was pissed after the first night that he didn't get a uh, first-round pick. Yeah. I wrote about this uh, Saturday morning, yesterday, Saturday morning, and I basically said, 
And Sweeney basically reiterated, it was like, look, I mean, that sucks not having a first round pick. And it was his first goal of it of not having a first round pick. And, you know, I think for him, it was a bummer. Look, I think in the future, you know, if there's ever a prospect problem that the Bruins have, I don't think they're going to look back at this draft and go, oh, you know, man, if only they had a 2018 first round pick, unless of course, more than 10 become all-stars, more than 10 picks in the first round become all-stars. Um, but I still think not having a first-round pick is really key. I think from the standpoint of the guys, that I like the guys they picked up. I do. I think they're really good. I think there's, you know, again, um, you know, their, their third overall, their third-round pick, Jacob Lauco, was a huge steal, and everyone sort of said that. But I think when it comes to the expectations that everyone had of like, oh, you know, Noah Hannafin could be coming to Boston at the draft, and you know, Ilya Kovalchuk could be coming to the Bruins, and that whole aspect of it was just a big swing and a miss. And I think that that aspect is really tough to swallow for them because it's like, well, we went to the draft like with all these expectations, and not only like, if Hannafin hadn't been dealt, would be sitting here going, well, the Bruins probably made a lot of progress on you know getting Noah Hannafin this weekend, if anything. In reality, they totally lost out on him. So I think that in that in that regard. It was a tough weekend. Uh, but when it comes to what they got in the draft, I, I thought they were, they were good players. I didn't think they were that bad. Yeah. No, I think they got some great players there. And like you said, Lauko is looked upon as maybe a steal, getting him in the third round. But like I said, the foundation for other things were laid down there. And, look, I've had sources telling me, you know, as early as last Wednesday or Tuesday – that the Bruins could be players in the John Tavares sweepstakes. And, of course, at that point, we weren't sure. Off Ward, kept alive. Letty a shot. Oh, directed on goal. Score! Tavares! Whether or not he was going to test a free agent market, he is now told and is now in the process of doing the free agent interview period uh, with five teams. And I had a source again tell me Sunday morning that the Bruins are going to be one of those teams and then Elliot Friedman on his 31 Thoughts podcast said the same thing, that he thinks they're in there too. So uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and I'm telling you right now, the Bruins are players for John Tavares. And as crazy as it might sound and as much cap space as they may have to clear in order to make that happen, you got to be psyched that, that Don Swinney's going to the table with this guy. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're a Bruins fan, you got to love this. And this is what I mean. This is why I can't really be mad. And look. Truth be told, I didn't want to touch Ilya Kovalchuk with a 10-foot pole. I think he would have happened. He would have come here and he would have scored a lot of goals. But at the same time, man, for three years, have fun, L.A. That guy is going to – he'll have oh, one agree. good year and then he'll pull his typical I'm not interested, disinterested stuff and be the primate honor that he is. You can't change the stripes on a zebra, as they always say. And, and look, this guy hasn't been in the NHL for five years. You can have him at three years, $18.75 million. And as far as Hannafin goes, it is what it is. I mean, I think that the Bruins probably would have had to give up a Jake DeBrusque, and I understand why they didn't do that. But I am psyched to hear that they're in on John Tavares because can you just imagine the one-two tandem for at least the next three years of Patrice Bergeron and John Tavares? That would be amazing. Imagine that. And you know what's even better about that? David Krejci would most likely be traded. That has to happen. I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. And this has been reported in the past couple of weeks. You know, if you've reported it, a lot of people have as, as well. It's been said a lot. Um, the, you know, the, the fact that the Bruins are shopping Bacchus and they've taken calls on Krejci. And, I mean, I think if, if, if the Bruins brought on Tavares, I think you'd have to, to give away Bacchus. 
I think you, you just have to. He takes up too much cap space. Sweeney wants to give him away anyways and, and all that. Also, you don't want David Krejci on your third line. He's making too much for a third-line center. Um, that would pre- if, if the Bruins did get Tavares, that would pretty much mean Krejci's gone. Uh, right? Am I right? I mean, yeah, there's no way you can fit all that under the cap. It's not, you know. Yeah. That's, they're so going to have th- to figure out a way to move him, and then you, you figure there's another move coming too. Obviously, they want to get back his off that cap as well. But, I mean, just the fact that they're, they're thinking like this. And, and, look, here's the one thing I – the only thing that really I came away a little scared about from the draft was how just prior to draft when they arrived there, how vocal Cam Neely was about – he basically took a 180 from what he said after the season when he said, we need some size on the left side of the D there. And now all of a sudden he's like, no, we're fine. I, I'm comfortable with complete opposite of what he said there, which that should have been an indicator to us that they were out on Hannafin. I, I, you know, we should all saw that. But my, my worry here is he's talking about now getting size on the wing. All right. And that's fine. I'm not disagreeing that they need it, but I really hope that he's going to let Sweeney do his job. I, that's the one thing I worry about here. Let's if Sweeney can get in on Tavares, if Sweeney can get in on John Carlson, who I'm told they like to get in on, even though he's a right D, but still, how can you pass up a chance of getting a guy like that in his prime? Let Sweeney do his job right now. And I, I think Neely's doing that. I think he's learned to sort of step back and allow that. But did that, I don't know. His comments seemed a bit weird to me, Evan, when he, you know, he all of a sudden switched and said the focus is at the getting a big winger. Yeah, I mean, I think as you said, he looked at the Hannafin situation and said, "I don't want to give up as much as they're as they're asking." And Joe Haggerty mentioned this on uh, Bruins Beat a few weeks ago, in saying that um, the Hurricanes, if they if you were to to get Hannafin, the Hurricanes would want one of Donato, DeBrusque, Heinen, or Bjork. Now, if I was the GM and I heard that, I would say, "Well, here's Stanton Heinen. You can have him from No Hannafin." And he did. I do that yesterday. The thing is, I think the Hurricanes probably asked, as you said earlier, for DeBrusque or for Donato, yeah. who are the two that I would consider untouchable. And the Bruins said, screw that. that you know, that's not happening. We, you know, it's not yeah. that pivotal to us that this happens. And we need DeBrusque and Donato. Um, we should have probably seen it coming. When it comes to size on the wing, obviously, you, know, you look at Rick Nash. Um, I read an article yesterday morning about Rick Nash possibly mulling retirement. Wow. And that aspect of it sort of makes me worry because it's like, okay. Is, he, is his heart still in the game? Yeah. I mean, when, when, you're, when a player's mulling retirement like that, the Bruins better not sign him long-term. The Bruins better not be saying, here's a three- or four-year contract because if he's mulling retirement now, think of two or three years down the road. So mm-hmm. I think Rick Nash coming out and saying that and, and, and Sweeney saying that kind of makes it like, it devalues them, which is smart, I guess, because you can say, well, you're mulling retirement. We're not going <laughs> to sign you to this huge deal. I mean, what do you think about that, Murph? Possibly Rick Nash mulling retirement. Uh- I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me. I, I think he's suffered a lot of concussions. I think his body's pretty beat up. Um, one thing I'd keep in mind, and I've said this before, is watch out for San Jose when it comes to Rick Nash. I think that one thing they'd love to do is maybe sign him to – you know, persuade. I don't know how much persuasion he needs, but it was almost sure that Joe Thornton comes back. He's another unrestricted free agent. And Thornton and Rick Nash are really good friends dating back to the 2004-05 lockout when they played together in Davos. They were roommates. They've since stayed really tight friends. So I, I think that's something that, you know, there's other suitors out there for Rick Nash. 
I don't think Nash is going to be able to get the money he maybe thought he would be. And so I think that's a good thing for the Bruins. But, you know, while Sweeney says, oh, we're switching our focus back to him, if I'm looking for scoring up front, I'd rather put my focus on a guy like Jeff Skinner, who is still, you know, he's still out there at Carolina. He's younger, right? You can Mm -hmm. lock him up longer. And I I just think you're going to get more bang for your buck if you you look into a younger player like that. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Skinner is a tremendous talent. And I'm not 100% sure of how much he has left on his contract. Um, But obviously, Carolina's in full sell mode. I think they totally lost that trade yesterday with Calgary. Um, right now they're making they're, they're going full Montreal on us and they're making some bad decisions. I think that if we can kind of, if the Bruins can capitalize on that and you know try to give away a less value for Skinner than they typically would have, I think it, I, I think first of all I think Skinner would work perfectly on that second line whether he's next to Krejci or John Tavares on the right side. I think that'd be <laughs> unbelievable and he, I, right and even better I think it'd be a great um, mentor for Jake DeBrusque. I think yeah. he's a great guy for Jabras to look up to. Same position, same type of player. Gritty, good shot, fast, the whole nine yards, all that stuff. I think that you know Skinner embodies that. Skinner's a more Skinner. polished Jake DeBrusk, which would, I think would work great to have on uh, Krejci or Tavares' right side. Well, um, I'll tell you what, by the way, Skinner is a 26-year-old uh, left shooting forward, and he will be an unrestricted free agent next summer. So if you're going to get him, you most likely want to lock him up. So oh, yeah. we'll see how that affects any talks for him. But he's definitely out there to be had. There's going to be a lot of movement there. The John Carlson thing, thing, Evan, I think is really interesting because they've repeatedly said if they are going to improve the D, it's going to be on the left side. Well, he's a right-shot D-man. Knocks down Eakin, across now for a drive. Score! It is Carlson! Can you imagine having your top two right D be John Carlson – and Charlie McAvoy. Amazing. It'd be unbelievable. Right. And, and the best part is, Carlson is from Natick. He's from Natick. Well, yeah, but he grew up in Jersey. Yeah, it was still. He spent right. the majority of his year. But, yeah, he's got some, he's got some Boston roots, which is cool. But I, I, I just think that would be something. I mean, you can't not look into this. And that's why, you know, people are saying, they're crazy. You don't know what you're talking I'm like, why am I crazy? I'm telling you what I'm being heard right now. They – legitimately are looking into everything and, and they really like Tavares. They really think they have a chance of getting them. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, you know, there's some other guys out there. You mentioned too, that the cleft bomb talks kind of sparked up again. Um, more and more, it just seems like Tory Krug is on his way out though. Eh? Yeah, it does. I mean, even from, from what you're reporting, from what a lot of people are saying, I think what really got the Tory Krug rumors accelerated was the Matt Grizzlick resigning because you, uh-huh. you know, now granted Matt Grizzlick is not Tory Krug. I am not saying Matt Grizzlick is even close to Tory Krug. However, he has a lot of potential and has the potential to be a, a, as mobile a defenseman as Tory Krug is maybe not as offensive, but as mobile, um, you know, you're going to get the offense from char- guys like Charlie McAvoy. Um, and so, I think they see the potential in Grizzlick, and they, I think they realize we don't have to spend $5 million a year on Tory Krug, who's pretty much uh, a, a glorified forward, a fourth forward out there. You know, we don't have to do that. You know, he's a third-pairing defenseman, not great in his own end, incredible um, as a power play quarterback. But, you know, I think they realize, hey, we don't have to pay this for that. I think we can sort of go with a guy like Grizzlick or a guy like McAvoy. Um, 
So as you've said, it does seem like Krug's on his way out. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. You look around, I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to peruse the list, but you know, if you look around right now at the free agent list and, and what else is out there, I know the Bruins are kind of gun-shy when it comes to free agency, so unless it's a big guy like you know the likes of John Tavares or John Carlson, I don't think they're likely going to go too deep into it. But there's some guys out there you know, that could, that could help them. I mean, what about a James Neal? I don't think he's going to be able to come in that much now. He's getting up there, you know. He's in, well, he's still in his prime. He's age 30. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Can he, can he go out now and, and command six or seven mil on the market? I don't think so. And no, he can't. Another guy I reported that they're interested in, and I think he'd be great here, uh, is Jan- James Van Riemsdyk. Exactly. Hey, I just want to say he him. might be able to really, he did have 36 goals last year. So he might be able to really pump up his salary this year. It'll be interesting to see what he gets, but I mean, that, that's a guy that could fit. Oh yeah. I mean, I think what the Bruins are either going to hit it, hit it with Rick Nash or they're going to go for a lower tier free agent. A guy, I mean, yeah. I could see them, I could see them going at like a Michael Grabner again. Um, I could see them, you know, I'd love. I would love to see James Neal on that right side. Uh, James Van Reeves, like, but as you said, you know, he's going to command a little bit more money. Um, but I, I think overall, the Bruins better have a guy on the right side of Krejci, because if you look at just DeBrus, Krejci, and you know, if they put a prospect there or somebody else, it you David Krejci needs a re- really reliable guy on his right side. You know, we look at DeBrusque as reliable, but he's only been there for a year. So I think that Krejci needs a proven guy on his right side or else, you know, I, I'm not 100% confident in that line. And I think that that is one of – I mean, that's the, probably the biggest need the Bruins have right now is a guy on that right side. And, you know, the, the Bruins are going to have to shake their old woes with free agents. They're going to have to go out and, and make a big signing, I think, on that right side. They haven't made a big, you know, big free agent signing, you know, that, that I can remember, a really yeah. big one in a while. Yeah. Uh, I think this year needs to be that year for them. They need yeah. to go out and make a big splash uh, for Krejci. Well, we'll see what happens if they can move Krejci. I'll, I'll give you two before we let everyone go here. Two other names to keep an eye on. On D, he's a left shot D. He's only 27. He's not going to get you a ton of points, but he's going to bring that that size and that that physicality that you want. It's Calvin DeHaan, who's uh, uh, going to be an unrestricted free agent. It looks like the Islanders aren't bringing him back. He's a guy I'd keep an eye on. Um, and then one more defenseman, too, when we're looking at it, would be, you know, maybe a, to, a Toby Enstrom, who's uh, he's kind of like had some down years, but he's finally leaving Winnipeg. He's out there. So, you know, maybe he's a guy that can come in and provide some, uh, some offense there from the left side as well. He's a little bigger uh, than Krug. So going to be interesting to see what happens, Evan. But we want to thank you for making, uh, taking your maiden voyage here on the, uh, the Bruins Beef. Oh, it's amazing. I, I'm just so enthralled, <laughs> and I, I, I have, I've lost my Bruins beat virginity. This is amazing. <laughs> hey, here he is. Here he is. Oh, you broke your cherry. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. He, he popped his Bruins cherry here on the oh, Bruins God. beat on CLNS Media. I'm Jimmy Murphy. He's Evan Marinovsky. 
We'll be doing uh, some spot broadcasts throughout the week as we lead into free agency, and then we'll have you covered as free agency begins on July 1st. So always tune back here and check out our Bruins coverage over on clnsmedia.com. We'll talk to you next week. Step back into the Still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king